Mm-hmm. I'm going to mute myself, okay? So. Okay. When I think about you, I mute myself. Oh, I don't want anybody. Welcome to the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. It is a recap edition of uh, the 55-1 Podcast. Uh, I am uh, pleased to be joined by uh, Mark Fangmeyer. Hello, sir. Corey Schreppel. Hello, how's it going? Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's kind of a sticky night here in St. Paul. We uh, decided to, you know, it was so nice that we decided to open the windows earlier in the week, and now we're kind of regretting it. Uh, Corey Schreppel, you? Hello, sir. I'm I'm here, and I'm also sticky. Great, mm, loving it. All right, Rodrigo uh, Sanchez Devia. Good to see you, man. Uh, you are uh, you're still glowing from your second round of fame, uh, being on the uh, MLS second screen. Second screen. Uh, I don't know if any of our listeners. I think some of them did end up uh, listening to the show uh, while watching the game. Uh, how did it go this time? There. Is- I mean, it's always fun. Like it's fun being able to banter with other people about soccer. Um, there was just a lot of people this time, and it was like people I haven't really followed or pay attention to as detail as I can. And some of these people were just great and amazing, you know. Like and and, and like people, it was just like just. And then like I didn't even know Benny was supposed to be on. Like like three fourths of the game, and suddenly Benny Benny shows up, and I was like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah. And so like. Uh, yeah, I was it, like, and then I and then I kind of got a little starstruck in a sense of like, I'm just gonna stay quiet and listen to what Ben has to say because at that point, you know, I, I, my my at, at towards the end, like towards the end, I was like, Benny, please call Tyler, or you know, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll have a conversation sometime within the next couple of weeks. Well, yeah, it, it it was fun to listen to. David Goss is is always hilarious. Um, uh, I I really got a kick out of how just um no fucks given Alexi Lawless is about, uh, about Heath's, uh, underdog thing and just mocking the hell out of it. Um, it, it was, it was good times. Uh, it was fun to, to hear what you had to say. Sam Solberg, obviously president yep, of, of dark clouds came on for a little while. And, that was great. And got, the, got David the, to, cause to do, to do the, here we go yeah. on the corners. And so towards she, she, she the end of the game, he had a couple of corners. He was doing it. Yeah. She was talking so. about how much she loved the, uh, Tyler Miller uh, got milk stash. And uh, um, yeah, so we are going to, in this podcast, we're going to um, uh, recap the game and then we're going to do a separate podcast. I think that we're going to also record tonight just because we're lazy. And uh, But <laughs> we're going to put that out so we can recap the tournament. Uh, we'll do that early next week. Um, but uh, let's start with this. We Or, or not start. We're going to start and end with this. Minnesota United 1, Orlando 3. Um Minnesota comes out in the same lineup uh, as as we saw, um, uh, you know, spank San Jose. Um, Metnir was on the bench. Molina was on the bench. Um, so we had Jacory and Dotson in those in those spots. Um, I'm wondering, you know, uh, if you're looking back and, and doing the um, the the Monday morning quarterback. Uh, was it a good idea to stick with what uh, stick with those who got you there, or um, or you know was that too big of a risk? 
Um, I, I think it was it was fine. It's the issue is it's unfortunate that it took Heath like sixty minutes to realize that it was not going well, yeah. and then to make some changes because anybody like I mean we actually looked pretty solid for the first what like. 30 some minutes before we gave up the you know two goals in six minutes whenever the water break whatever happened at the water yeah. break it, uh uh oscar perea just just kind of went to his team was like hey you, you should pass the ball to nani and they were like what that wasn't part of the game plan so they changed their game plan just kidding um <laughs> no it was it was definitely at the the water break where it was it was um very obvious to everyone that the the plan had shifted they were directly attacking hasani um, and trying to exploit the space that Hassani was leaving, and uh, yeah, I mean, it took him a while to 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 kind of adjust to that. But but I don't want to jump too far ahead here. Um, Jacorian and uh, Dotson, is, you know, Rodrigo, are you going to give them? Was it was it good to keep them in? Would you have thrown in Molino and tried that out, or put back Metnier at eighty percent of Metnier or something? I mean, I, I think the question is like we've we've seen this tournament what he is willing to do. He's not willing to change the lineup that much. Specifically, it's, it's working somehow. I think um, Dotson, like I understand people like him as right back, right? And I think that's a situational thing for me, right? Uh, I just don't, I, I want to see him in the midfield. I think that's what he does his best work, in my opinion. So with no Metinier and, uh, and uh, returning from injury, Molino, Molino, you know, does best sometimes the super sub, right? <laughs> so um, I was thinking that, um, you know, maybe Edwards instead yeah. of Hayes in there. Uh, since, you know, he's been, he's he stood out mostly around this tournament as his work ethic and, and his way to be able to play up with the ball and stuff like that. So that's, uh, you know, but he, this is what you expected, right? This is what we all expected. This is, you know, we weren't we weren't going. Plus, Chacon wasn't even on the 18, so yeah, he, even. he was still injured. You know, last last podcast yep. um, it came out afterwards. We kind of were bitching about Chacon not being in the 18. Probably should have guessed that he was actually injured. But uh, you know, I, I will say I have a blind spot when it comes to uh, my uh, my Chacon. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I, I looked at that lineup and, and thought, you know, this is a team that, that was humming, you know, it, 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 that San Jose game was the best we've seen them play, um, this year. Uh, and they've had some great games this year. And, uh, and so it's hard to imagine them, them changing that up. Um, you know, it was, I suppose, a risk. Uh, obviously we don't know how fit, Molino was if he was not 90 minutes fit we don't know how fit Metnier was um you obviously don't want to start a right back who you don't think can finish the game um but yeah Rodrigo I, I you also think like if you start Molino right off the bat and you know he's not 100% so he gives you 60 minutes say 70 minutes right who do you have on the bench that is willing to put that offensive creativity on there you don't yeah so and and I I think uh, you know, the game plan was obviously to come out on the front foot and just kick the crap out of them uh, and just har- harass them. Um, we saw the ball stolen uh, from from their defense quite often in those first 25, 30 minutes, and uh, it looked really good. Uh, Minnesota United looked fantastic. They were not able to convert those chances, unfortunately. And 
the the idea was we're going to get this we're going to put this game away so that then we can go um on the on uh, you know we can pull back a little bit and harass you and get you on the counter that's been our game plan uh it didn't work because Orlando was scrappy enough to survive and then um and then kind of change the game plan but I I think I think you're right Rodrigo you know you've got Molino, you don't want to start with that, and then if it's not working, you have to bring in another playmaker, and you, you simply don't have one. It's, it's better to use a guy like Molino off the bench. Um, you know, uh, we can we can talk about when uh, when that bench could have happened, but let's talk about what changed in the 30th minute, which is that um, you know all of a sudden we were starting to pull back a little bit, right? We were doing less of the really high press and in the 36th minute you could see that because center back for Orlando has acres of space you know uh uh Emeria is kind of slowly making his way toward toward him so he sends a long ball toward Nani who takes uh two touches before slotting it past Tyler Miller and um, those two touches were absolutely pornographic just just the the grossest beautiful sexiest thing whatever you know pick pick whatever whichever one you want um and uh and i i don't know do you do you look at that as hasani making a mistake there is it is there actual criticism we can really throw on hasani Corey? i i think that i think hasani dotson functions just fine at right back i think you know uh ESPN, John Champion, and Taylor Tolman kept hyping up the, or Taylor kept hyping up the, uh, um, you know, Nani had four Premier League championships and uh, Hassani Dotson is a couple years out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, talk, they kept they kept talking about that lineup um, or that matchup. It turned out to be, to think, be right. But yeah. yeah, and and I think that's, um, I don't think, do I think Metonair would have done anything different? I don't know in that scenario. I don't know if he would have been caught out as as much. Um, I just think Nani's touch and goal was just so good because we were pressing a little bit. You know, Hassani was playing further up the pitch. Um, would Metonair have been doing that? Um, so you know, I don't. I don't take it. As a as a big sign for for Hassani, I think it yeah a little bit of his is his lack of experience, and I think he's definitely going to learn from that matchup. But he's also not a right back. I, I agree with Rodrigo; he's better in the he's better in the midfield. Um, yeah, I, I I think there's, but also at the same time, you look at our two center backs. Why did it take them so long to get back? And why did Tyler Miller like you? We had three bodies in the way of that. Of that goal, we had Hassani trying to harass Nani. We had was it Aha came try like came sprinting back, or was it Box? I can't remember which one it was. And Tyler Tyler Miller was there. Like it was just such a good goal. He just destroyed three people in one goal, and that was just. I think it's more of a testament to his talent than deficiencies from Hassani's part. It's interesting because. Um, going into the game, the things that people were hyping up and talking about the matches was going to be Dotson versus Nani and Finley versus Moutinho, right? Those were two, you know, because Finley has been having a great tournament and that's something that we wanted 
He wanted to see what was going to happen. And, and we know that once Nani gets the ball, I mean, it's incredible what he can do with the ball. And so I think um, those long crosses like that, you should never get beat on, specifically that bit long switch of a field. And I understand that Dotson, in, you know, he's, he's a young kid, and so he'll learn from that. But ever since that happened, um, you know, uh, since that happened, he's, Nani was in his head. Yeah. And I think it became a it became a mental game at that point, and it's more obvious, you know, uh, with with the, after we, when we talked about the second goal. But I think at that point, um, our, our press had been working, but what was scaring me, and I was uh, and I was talking to folks about it, is is how far Ozzy was going up, and the the more Ozzy goes up into the offensive, and even though like I, I love watching Ozzy go. Um, the more exposed we are with Greg Goosh and and Hayes, and what else is, is, is staying behind it? Greg Goosh is, is, is a great, he's a great passer. He's a great attacker, but he's not a defensive person. So it's, you know, one touch to the other side. And, 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 and granted to, um, to, to Orlando for um, specifically Pereira. Pereira was, was manning that midfield once once they were able to handle the the press and they had seen presses like similar to this when they work when they were playing against LAFC they were able to work through the press and I think at that thirty minute uh, water break it's like we know we're gonna work through this press we're gonna try to see if we can work through the press and I think that's one of the things that 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 proved coming out of the water break that that they were doing and that's when like we started to fall back and our energy wasn't there and it just it became um, uh, a put out the fires kind of mode thing. Yeah, and one thing too that you noticed after the water break is that prior to that, a lot of their attacking was them coming down on their, uh, Orlando's attacking was coming down on the right-hand side towards Lude and Gasper. And you totally see that the game plan was to kind of exploit the fact that Lude is pretty slow and Gasper can get beat sometimes. And so they had uh, Ruan, who was super ridiculously fast. So like... The first thirty minutes, they were just taking at going at those two, and after the water break, there's a noticeable switch where because even prior to that, Nani was like kind of drifting over and kind of roaming around a little bit, and also go, like kind of like putting up some uh, going down on the right side as well. And like after the the water break, you notice the switch over to the right side, and it just it worked. And I mean, and like Rodrigo was saying, um, it seemed like a mental thing more than anything, like. Uh, with um, Dotson getting beat, totally saw it on the second goal how like he's he laid off because he didn't want to get beat again, and that's why Nani had so much room and just could that put that amazing shot uh, in the back corner like that, and so and then all of a sudden you're down. And, uh, and and the two goals were like kind of pretty much against the run of play as well. They were yeah. we Minnesota was actually looking good and looking like the better team until those two goals. And then even coming out in half, we looked like the better team as well. I, 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 that's one of the disappointing things that like sometimes goals happen and against the run and play and you might be the better team and you're just not. And that's kind of what happened and what it felt like last are, are night. You saying, are you saying that goals change games? Nope. I, I really worked around to try to not say that. So, so there, there's a couple things there. By the way, drink. Yeah. So, um, so there, there's a couple things there that I think are useful. One is let, let's talk about the, the, the second goal and, but getting back to 
the the kind of superstar that Nani is, um, I think is important. But um, on that second goal, it's a counter. Ball gets crossed to Nani. Um, Hassani is covering Nani. And I, th- I think um, Charlie Davies did a really good job of describing this on the Extra Time Radio um, podcast. And so I'm, I, I'm now I can't, having listened to him, I can't watch it anymore without seeing this. Um, but, you know, basically Hassani is there and he's all alone. I don't know what where Ethan Finley is on this. Um and Nani's got the ball, but then Joe Matinho is making a run down there, an overlap. And what happens is that um, the rest of the midfield is slow. You know, Ozzy was too up far up the field. Now he's coming back from uh, the other flank. And um, and then uh, Hassani basically sees Moutinho and shifts over to Moutinho. But Nani gets then that extra foot of space into shoots and because no one's there to pick it up and close in that other space. And so it's, I don't at all blame Hassani for that second goal. I think that it was largely a matter of he got there. It was two on one. He decided to go and, and cover um, the fullback and Nani just curls in a, an amazing, uh, amazing shot and goal. And I think that that brings me to, to this point, which is, is just that, um, Minnesota doesn't have a superstar, right? Someone who can, cause these teams were pretty well matched. Orlando is not the better team. Um, you know, I think, I think to, to a man, there's, there's very few players from Orlando. I would swap out with our team. Maybe Galici. Do you say Galici? How do you pronounce his name, Rodrigo? Oh, well, I don't know why like people say Galese. But yeah. like in Peru, we say Gallese. So Gallese. Like, that's what I thought. Everyone yeah. was saying Gallese. And so like I don't, I don't. Maybe it's because okay. like he was like it's too hard for people to pronounce. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. That's one of the things I asked also too on the, <laughs> uh, on the shows like because like I, why people keep saying Gallese, but no, yeah. I mean like Orlando's defense is much better, but how much of a difference does a really great goalkeeper make? Right. Oh yeah. I mean, like it, we've saw it with, we we saw it with with with, with Minone here. But I mean, it is it is it isn't Minnesota United's fault in the aspect of not trying, right? They were trying and they did. Uh, but uh, I mean, Gayese was was crucial on many of those. And and just a comment on the aspect of of uh, Moutinho's overlap run. I think uh, they 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 took advantage of 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 just singling out Dotson. But also, if you watch the replay of the goal, Nani makes a hip feint. Like he's gonna go forward, yeah, yeah. and in that point, and in that moment, Dotson decides to pull back, right? Because he thinks he's gonna go forward, and so then you you get like an extra two or three feet of space, and that's when he just takes the ball in. So it was that hip paint that yeah. really put Dotson on his defensive aspect of it instead of that. And so like, and I, and, and I mean the other the other time I ever seen someone throw a whole defense out, and this is you know watching a Copa America game where Brazil versus Peru was. Was Ronaldo right? Old man, old, old big goal man, Baldi Ronaldo. He could just move defenses with his hip movements, and that's what really happened. He just moved his hips, and that. And do how much do you um, you put that on, on Tyler in a sense, right? Was he ready for that? Was he expecting that? It's 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 a tough, but this this awfully was not his 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 best game. So he he, cer- we, he certainly we talk about uh, uh, Gaia's uh, save on Raheem Edwards' rocket. Like if we're if we're talking about a great, if we're talking about like a yeah. great goalkeeper, like a like 
I don't know if another goalkeeper would have saved that. I don't know if any of the other teams that we have played would have saved that shot that Raheem had. And and I think I think to compare Gaese and um and Miller is that um uh Mark is totally he spilled alcohol on his laptop and he has left the podcast to try to I, fix I it. The look I don't on, know if it's his laptop. Oh, the look on his face <laughs> is amazing. He doesn't have his headphones on. All right. Uh, we'll just keep doing the podcast. He'll come back. And his podcast is, his laptop is still working. Um, I mean, I could turn on his mic and we could listen to what's happening. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do that. No, no. There uh, so, he is. Um, Mark is back. Hey, did you, uh, did you dry off that laptop? Don't tell Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go to the. He doesn't com- listen to the podcast. It's fine. Comparing Caese and Miller. I don't really, I don't think Miller is to blame for either of those goals. I think he did pretty well with them. But can you imagine a keeper, you know, a, a, a one step above him could could maybe prevent something like that, right? And so Gaese yeah. makes that amazing save. Maybe Miller also could have made that save, right, uh, against uh, Raheem Edwards. But that was a spectacular uh, um shot uh from free kick right by raheem and, and it was about the 75th yeah. minute or something yeah um, uh, all i'm gonna say is mark can back me up on this but i started like a yes watch i don't mm. know how long ago mm. and i was not joking about that and i think orlando picked him up for like five six hundred thousand dollars yeah but and we were after joe hart so um yeah that's right sorry ripped. i forgot who yeah we don't like peruvians on Minnesota. Right that's what it is yeah. somebody he posted a photo on one of the social meds of him working out at home because he doesn't have a team yeah and he's just ripped uh i can't wait for him to go to the tampa bay rowdies so um <laughs> florida soccer soldiers yeah so um I, I want to talk, Mark. You had made this this point a little bit of the the against the run of play and stuff. You know, obviously um, they score those two goals in the second half. They play the game that we wish we were able to play, which is we're going to sit back, right? We are going to let you attack. Uh, Minnesota did not have a creative force there. Jacory was very good in the first uh, third when when we were all really good. He was not very good. I, I, you know, who asked this question? It was uh, comes from um, Josh E. at Easy Hall, I believe is how we're doing it, um, which was the question I think a lot of us had. I thought at half, you got to bring Molino on. You're down to nothing. Uh, you know that you need to create something. Obviously, the last 15 minutes were not working at all. Go ahead and change something. And this is, you know, this comes back to one of my oldest frustrations with Heath as a manager, which is that um, very few times does he change a game mid game. Does it, does he come up with a better plan that suddenly changes it? And and you can see that. I think he did at one time this, I remember talking about this earlier in the tournament. I think there was one game and I'm blanking on it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think we obviously saw what Perea did um, and Oscar Pereja, we know is a great manager and he made this game change and you could see how it affected us and it, it fucked with the plan and they would go up. Now, what did he do to counter that? Eventually he did the pretty obvious thing, which is brings Molino on in the um, 58th. And that was a huge swap, right? You had uh, Molino, Schoenfeld and Toy and we switched to a 4-4-2. Um, and, you know, could we have, 
brought in Molino at the half and seen what can this get us, you know, right? Get a little bit of Molino and Amaria. Can can something like that work? Um, and that's I do find that really frustrating that we didn't we didn't re- react soon enough. You know, once you you've got only thirty minutes left to start creating with these new guys. Well, well the, and that's and that's the thing, Wes. I, I I totally agree with you. Like that's that's the thing that we've. You know, we, we were at our best in those first two matches of the season when we had Amari up top and Molino under him. Whether it's in a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three or a, you know, in this case a four-four-two, it, whatever it is, he, um, uh, you know, he f- needed to make a triple sub there because he he needed one, he needed the fresh legs, and he needed to bring in Molino, and he needed two forwards. But the the thing that that frustrates me with with him as well, especially now that you have five subs and three sub opportunities outside of halftime. Is what? Why? Why didn't he bring in Molino at halftime? Because then you have three more substitution opportunities for the rest of the match to use your five. Because I think we only used four. Yeah, we only used four subs. Um, and again, we, we've talked about that. I don't particularly care about using all five. I really, I really don't. But. Yeah. You you bring Molino on at the half and you just change the tactic because what we were doing, even if we could do some minor tweaks to counter Perea's tactical change, was not going to work. And at least not with that formation and the personnel on the field. And it it, it frustrates me a lot and in, in especially the, this is a big-ish game. You know whether or not you take the, the the tournament seriously. Like this is a big-ish game. I think it's a semifinal of no matter what. I think it's a big yeah. game. You could yeah, say that. exactly. Yeah, and and it's it's the same. It's like the Open Cup final. Why did you not start Darwin? And if if he was healthy and he's your playmaker, why didn't you bring him in earlier? It's the same stuff. And I just I'm not surprised, but I'm frustrated in those moments, especially given. Um, the flexibility you have with your personnel right now in terms of the the five sub rule. Why wouldn't you bring? Does does you know does do they not? Does his staff not remind him Mm-mm. in in the back room? Like, hey, you you know you can bring somebody on at halftime and still be able to use four subs over three opportunities. You know, like I don't know, man. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, I really actually want to see how Molino would have because. Finley has been great for the most part during this entire tournament. And we haven't really seen Finley and Molino together. And so I really want to see that. And so I didn't, I really don't understand how you don't just bring him on at halftime, take out Hayes, see how he does with the starting, you know, the other, the starting three on the attack, the typical starting three for the entire tournament, see how they do. And if 10, 15 minutes in, they still aren't doing anything, you can bring in fresh legs and you have that available to you because you didn't use one of your three subbing opportunities to bring in Molino. Like you, you have a chance to tinker and to play with your lineup to see what works best. And you totally miss that opportunity because I don't know, you just want to, I mean, we can, we can go back to that stupid quote that he's had in the um, interview or the Q and a with Jeff Ruder, where he said, I don't remember what it says. Like if you change your team at a specific time, it means you were just planning on doing the wrong thing anyways, or something I'm generalizing here. But well, like, and and I a hundred percent agree with you, Mark, like getting Molino and Finley on there, but the, and this was a point that I digressed from was we played really well 
or maybe I did say it. I don't know. It's it's been a week. Uh, <laughs> it's Friday like, night, man. <laughs> yeah, it's Friday. Night. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Time is meaningless. Uh, eat at Arby's. Um, you know, yeah. Getting Amar like we played so well in those first two matches of the season with with Amari and Molino in yep. there, and then with Finley, like you pull out Lud, like. Even even was John Champion was like he is flat footed man like everybody saw it so um, I don't know here's here's a couple of players I want to ask about um, one well I want to talk about Lud and Finley um, Lud we kind of know this was a uh, um, classic Lud he dropped a Lud all over the uh, all over the pitch but the other is Ethan Finley and I actually I don't have any theories on this so I'm just curious if anyone has one. Why was Ethan Finley a non-issue in this game? And and actually, maybe I'll ask it by by throwing in um, at left shark uh, says, um, do we think a lack of subs earlier in the tournament contributed to a flat attack tonight? Finley in particular seemed to struggle to get involved. Um, you know, was do we do we blame? Uh, was Finley tired? Was did Moutinho and Nani do something in particular to get him out of the game? Um, I think again, because he also wasn't that involved against San Jose either, comparatively speaking, mm. to, to how he had been previously. And those are the two games where he hasn't been paired with Metnair. And he, I think, yeah, I guess the I one- think there's a certain amount of freedom that he gets with Metnair that opens things up for him. And it worked out well for us against San Jose because Dotson was able to go more central and it opened up for our attack. But uh, Dotson was not able to get central like he was against with uh, like he was against the man market system in San Jose, and it just didn't work. And like because of that, it seemed like Finley was kind of just on an island by himself because Dotson wasn't really getting forward as much as Metner usually was, and he wasn't going central to create things. And it just so happens that Finley was just kind of working and not doing much. And again, like it just kind of looked like whether it's you know, I mean, Lude was Lude because that's how he looks on the left. Amarillo hasn't really looked. Amarillo hasn't looked really good without you know a number ten behind him, aka Molino, and then you have Finley who doesn't look that great unless you have Metnair supporting him. So there's just our entire t- attack just didn't have their counterparts. Or you know, mm. Lude, if he has a counterpart, doesn't really have one. Or maybe Chase, whatever. Like they just it wasn't clicking because it didn't seem like they were paired properly. Yeah, fin- Finley did not complete a pass in the final third. Um, at all. Um, now that I'm, I'm comparing the box, the, the chalkboards uh, from San Jose to um, to the Orlando City game, uh, he, he most of his passes actually were back passes, um, which it just he's, tells me that Moutinho, you know, he's a kid, you know, they got him from LAFC uh, and he's, but he's, he obviously did something there, but I, I, I agree I, I, you're, yeah, you have he, a good he point He neutralized them. Yeah. But the, the the idea that we have we have a team built on chemistry, right? It's it's um, a lot of decent or good at times great players, um, but they work together as as a unit, um, which I think is a, a credit to all of them, credit to Heath, etc. But when you when you're missing some of that chemistry, um, there there is just the roles are different, right? Um, Ethan, I think the difference that I'm not sure about with this game is that with with San Jose, I saw what Ethan was doing. He wasn't as integral but he you know i could see what he was doing and, and sometimes i can't tell it's because i was listening to the second screen and doing other things maybe i just missed it and i haven't had a chance to rewatch it but um i want to know were there any bad minnesota players out there 
Robin Lud. Lud. Okay. Any other nominees? Uh, I mean, I'm, I know I'm going to catch heat for this, but I, I think one of the things throughout this whole tournament has been Tyler's distribution and ball handling. And I think he threw the ball out. At one point, uh, like, like, like and here's here's the thing, yeah. and I'm not, and I'm not trying to like, I, I'm not trying yes, to hype yeah, up yeah. say as, as as to like the greatest goalkeeper ever, but there was a moment where I think Amaria was was pressuring Gaiese and he had the ball at his feet as to someone played it back to him, and he literally did like a, a Beckenbauer and lost and lost uh, Amarilla, and, and he was like, oh, I'm just gonna so like there has to be. Um, you know that, and 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 I don't want to say that that's you know, you know that that that's just because of where he is, that where he's at. He he needs he needs reps, he needs games, he needs to be able to understand how his teammates play. But in a tournament, right, it, it you you can't be doing that kind of stuff. And specifically, if we eventually talk to about the third goal, right, I think I'm not, and and we've seen that in some of those mental eras. So I'm hoping those things get shaped up if we end up having somewhat of a season, right? That, that would be a different game plan. But like, you know, you could you could tell a difference in, in, in goalkeeping and that and that it makes it makes a difference in these type of situations. I think uh Lude Lude is gonna keep on playing as long as he keeps on scoring. I think that's a, that's a and yeah. I think that's just a, a loss of argument that we're gonna lose always, right? And I think Dotson um is great at, at what he can what he can do in the midfield. I think our lack of dribbling into the last attacking third into the box was without let made the center backs just stay central. Yeah, well, like we had no one dribbling into the box to be able to to make them commit to whoever dribbling into the box, and that's usually what Dotson does so well. And we were, and then at that point, we we were making all our offense come from Gasper, like our yeah. left hand side. In, and that and that's just something that we we we're not equipped to to be able to and to we, to capitalize on. We had a lot of shots. Not many of them were on goal. Um, I think I think we should. Uh, I'll, I'll just add to the lude, which is that Finley and Emeria were bad, um, and and we can judge that from the fact that yeah, Chase Gasper had the best chance, and that was a cross shot. Um, you know. We just did not create chances. They were not connecting. They were not being dangerous. Um, and, you know, maybe that was the system. Maybe it should have been changed, but they were not doing doing their part. I would have loved to see them with, right, as we just talked about, with uh, Molino doing that that job. But none of them uh, did a good job of being really dangerous. Um, I, I will say, so th- those are my three nom- nominees. Um, uh, Gregush uh, um, was was okay, but we don't, we didn't see much from him. Um, we did, uh, we didn't see, you know, his set pieces weren't great. Um, and he didn't, you know, there was just no danger from anyone in the team other than Hassani, right? Once Hassani got burned, Hassani wanted to murder Orlando. That dude wanted a birthday goal, like nobody's fucking business. And that was great to watch. Cause he, like he had fire in his belly um, and the other, the danger guy, right? We said was was uh, Chase uh, Pedro Gasper, and uh, I, I mentioned it before, but his nickname is now Pedro, and so and no one will stop that. Um, I want to talk about Pedro, absolutely effing murdering 
Was it Ruan? Was that who he? he yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I it was mean, how is Ruan going to play on Tuesday now that he has to have both like ankles replaced? No, he's just like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Ankles? You mean ankles and knee replacement, and, right? I mean that's he's he's going to be wheeled out on a wheelchair out there. It's, what it's, are you talking it's, about? It's, he is actual murder. He's that. He's like that knight from from Monty yeah. Python and the Holy Grail. Like he just it's just a flesh wound, and he's just. Here's the thing he, about Chase. he's at worse. Yeah, I I. Chase, I am. I hate on Chase a lot. Uh, I think he, with a little, a little bit more zhuzh, like he could be one of the le- best left backs in the league, hands down. I think he could be. I think he's he's got the athleticism. I think he's got some of the vision developing. His crosses aren't great, and he doesn't have a partner on the left side. But yeah. If he, like, but if he could find a few, get a few more assists, right? Do be, start creating a lot more danger, dangerous things. He, uh, you know, because for example, after he murdered Ruan and like stomped on his face and stabbed him, and then wrote a note threatening the rest of his family that he would mm-hmm. come after them if they did anything, and, t- and took his Bitcoin. Yep, and <laughs> then then the ball like just it didn't go anywhere right like so no. that that i think is is perfect like but but just talk about that moment where he goes oh and then he goes oh no he goes back and then he goes and then it looks like oh he's going to cut back inside and then he does it again and he cuts back his, it was like two five times and then finally Roland's just like i'm dead okay i i accept well, and and this isn't the first you know, time that that he's he's got he's got great himself. feet and that's not the first time that we've seen that like we see him get out of mhm really tight positions you know in in our defensive third um and i'm like how how is he doing that like i i am consistently surprised by his skills and his vision to get out of those spots and to combine with other players but he's also kind of on an island just i just want to say three things on chase casper (laughs) just want to say three things (laughs) See you in an hour. <laughs> thing, uh, three things, three things. That 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 thing, those moves that he put on Ron was like watching Allen Iverson when he came into the league. He just was crossing people over left and right, and that's what he did. He was like a, it was like a back cross, step over type of thing, and then he just took off. Second of all, I want Chase not to cross the ball, but to shoot from out there, because that seems to work better. Because we can't tell if it's a cross or a shot. So so far, that's worked better than him crossing the ball. And, and and the third thing is, you know, he he had a, he had a, one of his better games in this in in, in this league, and and, I, and I'm and I want to give him credit where it is. I mean, it's unfortunate that our offense came from that side, and there's nothing coming from that side besides besides that. And I think, uh, but besides those things, those are, those, you know, you have to give credit where he is. He's got great feet. He can take anyone one on one. And now we just want we just want him to shoot more from that side instead of crossing. Do you the ball. think he's also? Do you think he's also playing for? Uh, um, was, was, I, that, was that was that what you were going to say? What no, no. I was, I was, Mark you, you and I are, are pointing at each other on the camera to figure out who can talk next. I'm talking next because I fucking run this podcast. <laughs> um, I, I do think the other thing is that we can also point out that I there were very few times that Orlando created dangerous uh, attacks on the right side. We talked about in the beginning how they, they originally were running their attack. And I think that we can also credit Chase for that, where he was doing a lot to, for the attack, and yet he was never exploited. Um, and, and I think that, that that says a lot for for his, his talent. I think that 
he's got a lot to grow as a player, but I think that there are some really basic fundamentals there that are really fun to watch. And like, when's the last time you saw a freaking corn fed, uh, uh, cop named chase who could put on moves like that? I, I, I'm all for Pedro. So I, I think I think we need a, a next season when there are fans on stage. We need a chase night, and everyone gets mirror aviators, and we just <laughs> everybody gets a pair of Sperry's and we mirrored all aviators. Ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but going into the tournament, especially with Chase, like looking at like the depth that we had in our um, uh, our back four. I was thinking that Chase is going to be like the weakness that we had mm-hmm. just because at the end of last season, he always had that point where there's some point in the game where he was just going to run over a guy and get a yellow card. Yeah. And I was just, I just remember t- thinking about at the beginning of the tournament, like, Oh, well if there's yellow card accumulation, like he could easily be suspended for a match. If he got back to back yells in the first two matches of the group stage, but like, He's grown, like he's been improving, and he looked really, really good this tournament. I don't want to get too like in like overall, you know, looking at the tournament, but like I was like Chase is one of the positives of this tournament where I can see some significant improvement, and I'm really, really excited to see him continue on like that. Look, I don't understand. Like, what's wrong with getting yellow cards? Like, seriously, we like applaud Ozzy every time he stabs someone and gets a yellow card. I mean, like. Chase can do the same thing. I don't, as long as it's not in the box, I'm in, cool in, with whatever you do. But in a tournament, you don't want to see the only left back that you came with. Uh, right, but if it's the, if he's the only left back, is that his fault? No, no, That he's no. the only left back? No, but also Ozzy's yellow cards usually are a little bit more strategic in that it's when he's shutting down somebody on a break or something. and It's a little more strategic than just like the Ophi, oops, I knocked you over and it, threw you into a scoreboard kind of thing. And, and Ozzy knows how to make uh, how to make the pain without leaving a bruise, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> I, I, uh, for seriously, I just want to see a WWE match between Ozzy and Nani. That, well, that, that's it. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so I want to I want to talk about uh, the goal. We actually did score a goal, uh, and it was an absolute stellar of a goal. Stellar of a goal. That's nothing. Whatever it was, the thing of the goal. Stellar, stellar goal. Yeah, uh, Kevin Molino when he came on was spectacular. Um, we love Kevin Molino. We're all about hot boy. I made a um, a Trinidad sour that um, Kate Thurslov uh, gave me the recipe for, and uh, and I I believe that I created this goal because of that. Um, uh, and so Molino is out on the left, right? He's playing a four four two on the left wing. Uh, reminder. Kevin Molino can play on the left wing and he comes in central and he threads a pass through three players. Mason toy picks it up and just perfectly finishes that finishes it, slots it to the right of the keeper. Um, it was fantastic finish. I think, um, maybe extremely understated and toy won't should get more credit for it, but that pass to set it up, it was it was beautiful. It was what we should have seen from the beginning. It makes me bummed that we couldn't have had the what if is what if Molino could have played 90 minutes. And I, I know that, you know, I don't I don't blame anyone for that, right? It's just the, the a what if, but God damn it looked good. Yeah, and it totally, favorite, reminded me, ahead, Mark. It, it totally reminded me of the magic of Mason Toy in the LAFC match last year. Because that's with basically like with all Toy's goals in that match, it was all just perfect feeds. From Molino, and again, I 
I, I wish we could have seen more Molino, but I'm with you on that one. Like, like if, you, if you had a four four two with Molino or with Amaria and Toy up top with Molino underneath, my, my favorite thing about Mason Toy's goal last night was he was hustling to make that run. And then the second that ball was hit from Molino, the way he like effort, effortlessly slowed down to make the touch to then get it to then score the goal was just like he, he it's like he is he is a boxer he is just dancing he is on feathers when he's when he's doing that and he looks so good when he is on and i i i love that goal and we talked about it on this podcast as many a times it's like molino and toy have a connection right whether it be a long ball Splitting the 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 center backs, which this is what this was. It was really if you if you watch the replay, it was it was a communicated play. Molino had the ball, Toy pointed to a corner, Molino fed it through, and he effortlessly just ran to it and just you know, like was able to do that. And 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 I'm just you know what if we're talking about what ifs, I'm just saying what ifs if we would have had if if the Mason Toy was able to have more time with Molino out on the field, right? Yeah. Right. Also, what is what is if we play more of a four four two, right? Um, which is you know always been my kind of thing, but but because um, I feel that we do become more creative in that in that aspect of it. But I I just think you know Mason is in in a position where like he's not he's a young talent. He what would he would he be like graduating college or like at least maybe senior, right? Uh, and he's and he and he needs that time to grow. Um, and I understand uh, Big Celery has the experience uh, and all that stuff, but I mean, we've been, I mean, at least I've been on this podcast about like, don't play the young guys, play them, right? Give them those chances, those opportunities. And like, you know, like, um, sure, he had an opportunity with that header to tie it all up, but, you know, those, that's what you got to be able to play the young kids for, like to be able to get that experience. So, so next time they don't make that kind of mistake. Yeah. So Mason missed that, that header. Um, I don't really, you know, blame much on him. Like Michael Boxall also missed a header that was very similar to the header he missed in the open cup final. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, Mason made one great goal. You know, if he misses a header there, it's a it's a bummer. He'll rethink about it for a long time. But I can't really, uh, I can't really blame single moments that that it's not like he missed a sitter, right? You know, it's not. But um, but yeah, would you would you love to see Mason get in there, get that second one? It, w- it was nice to see him score. I, I didn't realize this. His first goal since that LAFC romp when he just destroyed LAFC. You know, he's been kind of silent since then. Um, I'm a big Mason Toy fan. Uh, um, I hope that he can add to the other parts of his game. But, yeah, we would love to see more of him out there. But um, I know. And one thing to keep in mind, he's only 21. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, he's – I mean, everybody talks about Dotson being young. He's two years younger than Dotson. Like, it's he's – just give it time. He's going to be amazing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, he is two years younger than Dotson. That is like an extremely important thing to remember. Um, well, I think uh, um, we ended. We you know we gave up a goal late on. Um, it was a kind of disappointing way to end. Um, but you know, let let me end this uh, podcast on on this question because we're gonna 
um, lead into the, the other podcast that'll come out in a few days. Um, this is from Patrick Mahoney. To help me with my loons loss hangover, could you guys give me some of the hair of the dog, hair of the dog uh, positives for the tournaments or things to look forward to if when the season resumes, I'll hang up and listen. Um, we're going to recap the entire tournament. Um, but uh, give me give me your top line uh, things that we can we can go into further. But um, what what is the biggest single positive? Uh, that means brevity, Rodrigo. Single single positive uh, that you take from this tournament, Mark. Uh, I mean, me is how great our depth is at this point. Granted, I talked a lot about how we have no defensive depth, which I mean. A lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, we're we're missing our number one center back with Ike. It was out. Um, coming up, we just signed a center back, which was announced. Uh, so now we're going to have another center back. Um, hopefully, we're going to be getting some more depth, um, you know, with uh, out on the um, fullbacks, mm-hmm. you know, someone that I can help out because, but I mean, honestly, like if we're healthy, looking how well we did with, our like lineup that we have basically with we were missing our number one defender. We were missing for the most part, our number one attacker and playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, our off our biggest um, like attacking signing that we had in the off season was injured for most of it with Amaria. Mm-hmm. And we still managed to get to the semifinals of a tournament after not playing for four months. And that kind of like grit and determination from this squad, knowing that we're basically playing with a quarter of our team being backups, mm-hmm. you know, in the role, in the basically our backup like squad players are coming in and playing in the eleven, and we did really well and we looked really good, and I think, and then the other nice thing too is that like, basically the knockout rounds, if you're the team that if you're not the team that wins it. They actually don't. I mean, it's nice to win tournaments and everything, but in the scheme of things, it, the knockout round, unless you win it and you're going to the CCL, it doesn't matter. And what does matter was a group play. And we got out of the group basically with out of our first five matches of the season with um, what, 11 points out of 15? And so I think, did I do that wrong? Nope. Yes. 11 points out of 15 possible, right? Yeah. Sure. Say whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, but like that's going to be huge going into the rest of the season because uh, we're only going to be playing if, you know, they haven't officially announced what's going on. But if like, you know, the reporting from the athletic is correct, we're going to be playing a 23 match season. And the fact that we're able to come out of the first five matches season without losing with three wins and two draws, that's huge. And going forward, that's, and, and basically, and also they're all, road wins, if you will, which is also huge. And so I think going forward, we're in a good spot, you know, fingers crossed if there actually is a season and it doesn't get blown up with COVID stuff. But yeah, I, I'm really excited moving forward about the prospect of how we're going to look if and when we start, you know, a quote unquote regular season after this. You nailed the brevity there, Mark. Uh, Corey, uh, I'll send. I'll send to you. What? Uh, <laughs> what's your big takeaway? Seeing the has nothing to do with the tactics. Um, seeing how the team plays for each other, you you started to see it last season. But part of it is you're stuck in a 
you know, group of hotel rooms with a bunch of dudes for, you know, six weeks or however long it was and you're bound to form bonds or, or you know, fall apart. And um, seeing them come into each other's aid during the matches, fighting for each other, um, having fun with each other, celebrating as much as they did. Um, you know, we've had a lot of great goals this season that have been game winners or have just been just romps and just seeing the joy and the happiness that a lot of the players have for each other and how they play for each other is the biggest takeaway that I think we will um, have coming out of this tournament. Um, I mean, we're second in the West. You mm -hmm. know, we're second in the West right now. And if, again, if we do go into another, if we do go into some semblance of a regular season or another tournament style thing, the the camaraderie, whatever the, the you know, we talk about chemistry with our team. I, I think what we built in Florida um, can't be uh, overstated. Yeah. Rodrigo, what's your, what's your top line takeaway? I'm just really excited to see what Dotson and Edwards can do and provide for this team. I think Dotson's, this, this tournament was, we knew what he could do in a sense, but I think um, not only having his flexibility and where he can play, but but just his tenacity and and his willingness to to be able to get into that attacking third and create opportunities, that that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think I think you know in this specifically with the young players that we have, um, I think you know you you have to be considered extremely valuable so they don't bench you anymore, right? And I think Dotson's at that. At that point, like you cannot not play Dotson, right? Which, which is unfortunate because all the other younger players that are in the same competitive bracket now have to either step it up or figure out another way to make it onto the field, right? And I think, um, you know, Edwards is, is is on that. I think he was he was a he was a diamond in the rough, um, in a sense, right? Really, maybe Chicago didn't know how to use him in a sense, but he uh, um, he's he's fitting well, and I think with that type of midfield and that type of youth, um, you know, we can we can do a lot of things. So certainly like the pickup of Jacori and Edwards were those are exactly the kind of things that I think Minnesota should be doing is getting these kind of like we know they're good. They're not that expensive. We should be picking them up. And if Jacori is just a guy who comes in and, and he plays, he starts maybe eight games out of the year and like comes in and helps out same thing with Raheem oh my god having that depth that's what Seattle has right they've got guys where they come on and Miguel you know he's going to come on sometimes he'll start sometimes he won't you know that's that's what what I what we really need to be working toward in, in most of our positions but my, my top line takeaway is that um, I actually am very impressed with Heath having gotten at least the plan a down I think that he has now instilled um, there's the 4-3-3 version, the 4-2-3-1 of the counter-attacking team. We saw it in the first two games. Now we've seen it in this tournament. This is what the team is. Obviously, it did not work this last game. We ended up having about 50-50 possession. And when we have that much possession, you know, it wasn't a good game. Um, and I, I think that there needs to be a plan B. But, I, I, you know, as someone who's kind of like done a lot of uh, Heath skepticism, I think that he's shown at least... That we have we have a, a set tactic here. It makes a lot of sense. It kind of messes. Sometimes he has other managers' numbers, 
um, like San Jose, um, like Almeida. Um, but I think that that, that kind of makes me at least impressed. Now I want to see plan B and C and see that we can adjust during the game. But, um, I'm going to, I'm going to call this podcast, uh, um, and, uh, and, uh, and then we will be back in a few days, uh, or literally in a few minutes when we record, um, with another podcast recapping the tournament. We want to look at, um, uh, kind of going forward, what's going to happen, talk about the Academy and stuff like that. Just, it's too much to put all into one, but I will say Tuesday, it's going to be Portland versus Orlando at the Blackheart at 7.30. Um, come out. We have lots of space. There have not been that many people out, so it's kind of very easy to socially distance. Um, and so uh, here's the, the question we'll, we'll leave on. Portland versus Orlando. Who are you cheering for and who's going to win? Rodrigo? You know, this is a very, very hard thing for me because... I think this is for the first time in MLS history that we have two Peruvians in opposite opposite teams I was wondering playing in playing course, in the finals. So so um, I'm gonna go with El Pulpo, aka Gallese, just because he's been starting more over than Polo. So I'm 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 going with Orlando. That's who you're cheering for, and do you think they'll they'll win? Yes. Okay. You know, the thing with, with, with Portland is they create lots of opportunities, but they also give up chances and i think if you give those many chances to to nani in that sense he he's he's proven that he can make you pay yeah so i'm yeah. going with goalkeeping in this aspect mark who 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 are you cheering for who you, who do you have uh i i have portland i think uh blanco has just looked too good even with nani being like i mean obviously the mvps for the tournament are going to be are either blanco or nani so it's going to it's going to be a fun match either way um i just think portland has more of it and also, I the history of Orlando. I really would just. I, I don't know why. Like, I just want them to have some heartbreak. Like, I would love to have them. Well, be they, up. They've had heartbreak, but, but do you? Want I know, them to and have I, more is. The I question. do. I just feel like that's yeah. their thing, and yeah. I want to be consistent and re- respect them that that is their thing. Yeah, who's the and who's I, the character in Game of Thrones who just like gets destroyed? They cut off his wang. And Reek or whatever his name Reek. is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I want, you know, I, I hated that, that subplot, but they are kind of, that's Orlando to me. Just cut their, yeah, totally. cut their dongs off. Like I want them to be, I want it to be very similar to like Kansas city against us in the opener for the tournament where you're up by two goals or you're up by a goal. You're, you're up, you're going into a stoppage time and all of a sudden you give up two goals and you just lose. Like not even going to PKs, yeah. just giving up two goals in stoppage time and just losing. Corey, who, who, what do you have here? Uh, I don't, I'm not particularly rooting for either team because I, I would lost. love, yeah. it would be great if they both lost. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's, it's an infinite draw. Um, I do think Portland's going to take it. I think they're the more complete team. I think Nani is the best playmaker on the field, but I think you got Blanco, you got a Bobasi. Um, you got the who can cheer the, against a Bobasi? Yeah. yeah, you got the you got the uh, you got the Chari the Chari. Uh, Adrian Heath can cheer against a Bobasi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he can that motherfucker. Yeah, so can so can a lot um, of our front office. So uh, here's here's the way that you can get uh, your dream, Corey. You can dream that after Orlando's win, they all went to the strip club and got uh, the Rona, amongst other things, and then the game can't be played. So now Portland doesn't get it. Orlando doesn't get it. Everyone loses. 
Hopefully, no one does, gets does that the mean, bad road. Does that mean that we we play NYCFC for the actual championship? A Philly, we'd play Philly for that. Oh, play Philly, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that would be ah, awesome. Dupe after we dark. gotta come back into the bubble. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm I I'm a known Orlando hater. Um, I know it would be I'd be easier to cheer against them if Dom Dwyer was out on the pitch, but I hate Nani. As oh well. God, just the fact that Dom Dwyer is on the team is the reason for to root against Port, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, Orlando. Yeah, they've got um, who's their central midfielder who uh, who like. Domestic abuser, yeah. Orlando sucks so many balls. <laughs> I love to make fun of Portland, but at the same time, I love Gio Severisi. I love Jeremy, uh, uh, Jeremy Obobasi, and like, yeah. There's so many things to love about Portland. So I'm I'm full on Portland bandwagon. Gonna uh, light some patchouli in the bar and smoke a spliff and listen to some Elliot Smith uh, before the game. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um we will uh we'll we'll see you all soon uh maybe i'll see you at the black card but um thanks everyone and uh we'll be back thanks Bye. peace